0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: All right. Thank you, everybody. I uh, feel like I'm among friends. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for being here and uh, for being uh, part of my uh, recovery. Um, Whenever I start working uh, with others and whenever I start working in program, I always start with my set-aside prayer. So I'm going to Quickly uh, say that, and uh, and then we'll speak. And then I'll speak a little bit. Dear God, please set aside anything I think I know about myself, about my disease, about the Big Book, the Twelve Steps, the program, the fellowship, the people in the fellowship, and all spiritual terms, especially you, God, so that I may have an open mind and a new experience with all of these things. Please help me to see the truth. Amen. So I'm Harvey. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic, and. Uh, and I have to remember not to say that lightly, because uh, my uh, my life has always been uh, cliches and uh, and just saying what I thought people wanted to hear and uh, not really thinking about my prayer, not really thinking about what I said to anyone, especially God. Um, so I uh, I'm I'm learning to be uh, more uh, more articulate um, and definitely less rote about uh, my prayer and about what I say to people and, and you know, you, you, you go past people and you say, hey, good morning. And before you even hear the answer, how are you? And you, before you even get an answer, you have pass them and you don't really give a crap. And, and that was my life. Um, I uh, grew up in a dysfunctional home, as uh, most uh, addicts, I believe, uh, have. Um, I, um, I lived in fear. From the moment I was able to appreciate fear, I think I was living in fear. Uh, Fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of perfectionism, fear of uh, uh, of just not measuring up. Um, I uh, my self-esteem was through the toilet uh, and it stayed that way through uh, most of my life. And, uh, uh, you know, and my first my first addiction, I believe, was uh, comic books. As soon as I learned how to read, I uh, started reading uh, comic books and living comic books was much more than just reading them. I went into fantasy, I believed I was Superman, uh Superboy, Super anything, uh Batman, Flash, uh, I didn't matter who it was. Um I I just wanted to live in another alternate universe because the universe I was living in was so dangerous and so scary and was full of fear and I just did never I never felt safe. Uh found my body uh and then uh uh, sex was my uh, go-to drug, and it uh, has been for uh, the majority of my 62 years, until about three years and four months ago. Um, I kind of wanted to speak today because uh, in my experience in my, in my addiction, I always uh, tried really hard uh, as an Orthodox Jew to stay sober in the period around the New Year, the new year. Um, and, and it was, it's a 40-day period. Uh, from the month preceding New Year's until Yom Kippur, which is the 10th of the following month. That's a 40-day period, and 40 days was always something that I uh, tried really hard to uh, to keep. And and I was actually able to do it most of the time. Um, it was painful. Uh, it was disastrous. I, I was a total wreck by the time uh, the holiday was over, and I would... Re- <laughs> Anybody can appreciate this. the day of atonement ended for me with uh, running downtown and having as many escorts as I could find, so um insanity is not the word uh is not the word for it um, but forty days uh was a was a was a real uh moment for me. I could live for forty days without sex, and I was really proud of myself and today uh this week uh, the end of this week, I'll be celebrating forty months and uh forty months is is so different than forty days. And uh, and and it's such a different kind of sobriety than I was able to white knuckle through in those days. And uh, so I'm I'm feeling gratitude and I just felt I would share that with everybody here on the call. Uh, My uh, my behaviors were uh, same sex um, lust and uh, they started early uh, with uh, sexualization uh, by my dad and uh, and uh, some issues with my mother as well. And then uh, friends and co-masturbation and, and eventually bathroom house, uh, sex to bathhouse sex to street prostitutes and eventually because of safety I ended up with escorts because I thought that was safer and uh, more anonymous and um, I I really I really descended into into hell uh, in that addiction uh, for years uh, there were days when I needed I needed two or three visits a day. Um, I would escape in the morning. I would escape at lunch. I would drive my office crazy, uh, looking for, an ex- you know, getting out to get downtown or get to wherever I had to go to act out. And then in the evenings doing it again. Um, my wife always knew there was something going on, uh, but she, she didn't really get it. And she didn't really figure it all out until about five years ago. Um, and that was a, uh, a moment of absolute fear, but also uh, uh, a relief that I could finally stop living this double life that I lived for the majority of our married life. Uh, it was about 35 or 36 years by then. Um, we have five children. They're all married. I have uh, just had my 15th grandchild, and that's, uh, that's an incredible gift, and it's amazing that my children... In spite of my craziness, we're able to uh, move along, get find partners, get married. Um, I know I owe them a tremendous amount of amends for the for the shame that they go through as a result of my behaviors, and uh, and even more importantly, how difficult it must be for them. Although most of them aren't verbal and vocal about it, uh, how difficult it must be for them to be intimate with their partners because they got no, they got no patterning from me. Uh, They didn't, they didn't learn a damn thing about how to be a a wife or a husband uh, in this home. Um, Maybe they're learning it now. I sure hope so. Um, Some of them don't live in town, so it's a little difficult for them to see the the way our life is today. Um, But I sure hope they, uh, they will. And in fact, Start to see a difference. Uh, and that difference is really really started when I joined this program. I joined this program in two thousand and fourteen. January sixth was I was I had a new therapist uh, meeting with my new therapist, and he uh, and he encouraged me to uh, start going to essay based on the story that I told him of my life. Uh, and he was so right. Um, my first meeting was January seventh, as I said, and I remember sitting in my coat with my hat on. Uh, just, you know, wanted to, you know, just disappear, just sit there and be as as non, as cons- inconspicuous as I could possibly have been. I was in a room with three other men. Um, one of them, two of them were alcoholics as well. Uh, the other one was a street man. Uh, it was a very strange meeting. Uh, I felt completely out of place. I don't know what I was doing there. I didn't think I belonged. And yet there was something that said to me, this is a place where I can finally be safe. Um, and I had never felt that. Um, and not only safe, but safe to be honest. And um, I think the very first thing we learn in this program is, hopefully, is, is how to be honest. Uh, honest with ourselves and honest with people in a room where anonymity tells me that I can speak, not feel judged, uh, not, uh, not expect anything to go out of that room. And really feel that I could finally uh, be safe to say what I really, really wanted to say what was really on my mind, uh, and that was something I had never experienced. Uh, I did ninety and ninety at the beginning. Somebody suggested that to me, um, and that was all my program was: uh, was uh, going to meetings every day, uh, a few phone meetings, but a lot of face to face meetings in Toronto, and I um, and I and I learned, you know, to use that honesty muscle, which I had never used. I was an absolutely incredible liar. Uh, you can ask my wife if you don't believe me. Uh, why would you believe me? Uh, and, uh, but I, I learned finally uh, in, those few, in those first 90 days that I could be safe and to, to say what was really on my mind, to be honest about what I was feeling, what was going on. Uh, I didn't work a step in those days. Um, I was afraid to take on a sponsor. Uh, I, was, I was just afraid. Um, but I found fellowship in those rooms, uh, and the fellowship uh, really carried me. Um, I was going through some uh, legal stuff, uh, some court issues at the time, and, uh, and I had people in my program here in Toronto who literally carried me on their back for months. Um, and I owe them my life because I'm sure that I could have been and would have been suicidal. Uh, My family has a history of suicide. My father killed himself when I was 12. Uh, So I always, in the back of my mind, thought of, well, you know, it can't be that impossible. It can't be such a non-option if my own father did it. Um, And uh, with a lot of therapy, I understand that a little bit better, what my father must have gone through. I'm sure he must have been an addict. Uh, Today I can see that. Uh, At the age of 12, all I saw, saw was, Somebody who left me because i wasn't good enough and um and that just did wonders for my self esteem which was already in the toilet anyway uh slowly but surely i uh I became more comfortable i uh was very very fortunate finally to find a sponsor who took me through step one. I did it in a room uh, i'm not sure even today if that was absolutely necessary, but it was an experience that I can recall with um with uh um, stark, um, memory. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, step one experience is just that it needs to be an experience that I can call on at any time. I can close my eyes and I can visualize my first step experience and that's what keeps me sober. That's only, that's going to be the part of what keeps me sober even today. I, uh, I know I need that and I keep, uh, I keep that very close. I, um, did the steps from, basically the end of August until the beginning of November uh, with a sponsor who wasn't even an essay sponsor. He was a CA and alcoholic, but he was a big, big, big book thumper. And he took me through these steps in a hurry. Uh, And I needed to be in a hurry by then because I was sober, but I was white knuckling. I was scraping the, 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 the chalkboard. And I don't know how long I would have lasted before I would have been at the jumping off point and just just fallen back into addiction or killed myself or I don't know what. Uh, instead, thankfully, I found this program and uh, together with the fellowship, which I really I can't tell you enough about how that fellowship has continues to be part of my life. It's taught me intimacy. It's taught me uh, that I can have relationships with people that aren't sexual, especially men. Uh, it has taught me uh, that that God is really in my life and God is in my life because I and, and shows me every day that I can have friends, you know, as far as uh as Korea, as Thailand, as uh, China, now in Dallas, uh, you know, people in uh, London, people in Israel, people in Egypt, people in India, uh, basically, and I don't mean if I missed anybody, <laughs> Germany, uh, you know, those those relationships are, are so precious. Sorry, Brazil! Maria! Yes, dear. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Maria. Uh, the relationships that I have today are so so special and so important, and I think that's if that's the message I want to give you today, the hope of this program that you can feel the hope in the program, and that you can feel the the joy of having connections all over the world, uh, and 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 know that there are people out there that are um, not obsessing anymore, and not finding that, uh, and not not finding themselves. Uh, you know, in the insanity anymore on a regular basis, but otherwise uh, on, in fact, finding God as the solution because God is our solution. And uh, I'm going to stop now because it's already 1235. We started late. We have so many people here. So uh, thank you for letting me share.